welcome to You, Me and the Economy. As the World Bank and the IMF hold their spring meetings to let the world know of their generous loans, the impacts of which largely go unaccounted, we look forward to a world without World Bank. Here is your weekly roundup of economy and finance. Patanjali owned Ruchi Soya has been in news again as Ruchi Soya raised 4300 crore rupees through an FPO. This was launched between March 24 and March 28 at the price band of 615 to 650 rupees per share. A part of the proceeds arising from the FPO has been utilized to repay debt. The repayment of debts finally closes the curious circle which saw nationalized banks bankrolling private profit. Ruchi Soya was undergoing insolvency proceedings under a running debt of over 12000 crores when Patanjali made a successful bid of 4350 crores to acquire the edible oil manufacturer in 2019 What was stunning about the deal was that while Ruchi Soya owned the bulk of the debt amounting to over 9000 crores to nationalized banks these same banks not only wrote off major portions of the debt but also provided loans to Patanjali for the acquisition It is this loan that Patanjali seeks to clear with the recent FPO. With the FPO Patanjali now has 81% holding in the company with a market capitalization of 22000 crores. This process of acquisition demonstrates that with public banks writing off debts and providing loans, Patanjali has accomplished a major acquisition with hardly any investment of its own. The use of public money for the benefit of a private company calls into question the role of public banks, banking as well as company regulators in ensuring accountability. In other news, the Insurance Regulatory and Development Authority of India is planning to relax its regulatory guidelines to shift from what it calls rule-based regulations to principle-based regulations. This seems to be in line with the government's idea of trust-based governance in the Amritkal. Driven by the idea of promoting ease of business, such moves may have serious consequences in the insurance sector. The new IRDAI chairman Debashish Panda has already declared that the number of guidelines would be reduced from 100 to 10 to 15 as he believes that in the two decades since the opening of the insurance sector the industry has matured enough. So far the minimum requirement for any new player to begin an insurance venture was a 100 crore capital. The IRDAI will now allow micro insurance players to enter the market with as little capital as 10 to 15 crores. Insurance without adequate capital base is fraught with risk as this can lead to more fraud and fly-by-night operators. Such small players can also affect claim settlement ratio thereby affecting the common people. Meanwhile, the Asian Development Bank and HSBC India have signed an agreement to establish a 100 million dollar partial guarantee program to support more than 4 lakh micro borrowers and mostly women-run micro enterprises across India. HSBC will expand its lending to microfinance institutions and non-banking finance companies with ADB partially guaranteeing the loans. This will expand HSBC's risk appetite and deployed capital. helping to enhance private sector financing and improve financial inclusion in India. It is ADB's first partnership with HSBC. Under the agreement to give impetus to this partnership, aggregated financing of an equivalent of 30 million dollar is being initially disbursed to 3 MFIs in India by April 2022. The Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank's board of directors have approved the creation of a special fund window 
to make its financing more affordable to its less developed members. In an effort to reduce the cost of lending for infrastructure, the SFW is a blended financing facility that will provide interest rate buy down to eligible sovereign backed financing projects that are aligned with AIIB's corporate strategy. Expanding its offering to less developed members through AIIB's Project Preparation Special Fund in 2020, AIIB created a special fund window under the COVID-19 Crisis Recovery Facility, which offers an interest rate buy-down mechanism for financing extending to less developed members. Decision-making authority will reside with AIIB's existing multilateral governance structure, and the SFW will operate according to rules and regulations approved by AIIB's Board of Directors. For operational efficiency reasons, the SFW implementation will be fully incorporated into AIIB's regular investment process. The news of a blast in Om Organic, a chemical factory in Barush district in Gujarat on April 10th brings back the negligence by authorities in making sure safety regulations are being followed by heavy industrial plants. Two operators, a lab technician and three helpers from Uttar Pradesh, Charkhan, Madhya Pradesh and Gujarat died in the chemical factory's blast. While the Gujarat Pollution Control Board and Gujarat Police are waiting for the Forensic Science Laboratory report, to investigate the cause of the blast, this is not an isolated incident. In the past, many such accidents have happened where workers, including migrant laborers, have fallen prey without any actions against these companies and their management. In December 2021, a blast in Gujarat Fluorochemical Limited, a chemical company, caused seven deaths and more than 20 workers were injured. In February 2021, a massive explosion caused earthquake-like tremors in nearby villages in UPL Chemical Factory in Baruch district, causing two deaths while more than 25 workers were injured. Another similar high-intensity explosion in June 2021 left eight dead and more than 50 workers injured in Yashashvi Rasayan Chemical Factory. The administration had to evacuate 5,000 people from nearby villages to avoid further loss of lives. In the aftermath of the Yashashvi Rasayan accident, standing crops in the surrounding villages have been destroyed. These and several such incidents expose a reality that compliances which require regular inspections, proper standing operating procedures and worker safety protocols are not really the priority of these factories. Apart from these incidents, regular air, soil and water pollution from the factory effluents has affected crops on 70,000 hectares, affecting about 50,000 farmers. This raises the fundamental question about the accountability of the authorities responsible. Gujarat Pollution Control Board, Director of Industrial Safety and Health, and Gujarat State Disaster Management Authority should be held accountable for not following their obligations on safety and security of the workers and people living in the vicinity of these plants. And finally, the World Bank and the IMF are having their virtual spring meetings from 22nd to 24th of April this year. These institutions are going to go ahead and laud themselves for the achievements of doling out billions of dollars for supporting economies through the pandemic and in rebuilding. Through these loans, they are defining development and reshaping policies and economies. And the question of accountability of these institutions keep getting brushed under the carpet. Since the past few years, the working group on IFIs has been organizing the World Without World Bank campaign where civil society activists, grassroots movements, trade unions come together. They question and challenge multilateral development banks, their influence, policies and investments. 
through campaigns, seminars, webinars, etc. This year, the Working Group on IFIs and the Financial Accountability Network is organizing World Without World Bank Action as a physical event. This time, we are examining the new and complex ways in which multilateral development banks and institutions operate and dodge accountability. This will also give us the opportunity to look beyond MDBs and look at the new funding modalities like private equity funds, sovereign wealth funds, pension funds and more. The Centre for Financial Accountability, as part of the Financial Accountability Network India, invites you to join us on April 21, 2022 at the India International Centre, New Delhi from 10am onwards. The registration link and other details can be found in the description box. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information and content, you can always visit our website www.senfa.org. Keep listening to Yumi and the Economy.